God and his saints preserve us, Gita said, crossing herself. I'd never known my real mother, a Mercian who had been my father's second wife and, like his first, had died in childbirth. But Gita was kind enough to me, kinder indeed than my father, who did not like children. The nearest ship had banks of twelve oars, and as it coasted a hundred paces offshore, a man leapt from the ship's side and ran down the nearer bank of oars, stepping from one shaft to the next like a dancer, and he did it wearing a male shirt and holding a sword. She was trading at the mouth of the Tyne a week ago, Elfric spat. She didn't have a dragon's head then. They take the beast heads off when they trade, my father said. What were they buying? Exchanging pelts for salt and dried fish. Said they were merchants from Haitabu. They're merchants looking for a fight now, my father said and the Danes were indeed challenging us by clashing their spears and swords against their shields. But there was little they could do against Beppenberg, the fortress was reckoned impregnable, and nothing we could do to hurt them, and after a while the pagans rode off to the south. We must pray, my stepmother said. We must act, my father snarled. Utred, take a dozen men and ride south. If the pagans land on my ground, I want to know where. Yes, father. But don't fight them, my father ordered. Just watch the bastards and be back here by nightfall. Six other men were sent to rouse the country, and by morrow's dusk my father expected to have two hundred men, and Bebenberg had never fallen to an enemy's assault. Yet my father was still worried that the Danes had returned to Northumbria. What did I know of the Danes? I knew they were pagans and terrible that for two generations before I was born their ships had raided our coasts. I knew that Father Bayoka, my father's clerk and our priest, prayed every Sunday to spare us from the fury of the Northmen, but that no Danes had come to our land since I had been born. My father, though, had fought them often enough, and that night, as we waited for my brother to return, he spoke of his old enemy. They came, he said, from northern lands where ice and mist prevailed. They worshipped the old gods, the same ones we had worshipped before the light of Christ came to bless us. They are sent by God, Gita said, making the sign of the cross, to punish us for our sins. Our sins be damned, my father snarled. They come because they are hungry. He was irritated by my stepmother's piety, and refused to give up his wolf's head war banner that proclaimed our family's descent from Woden the ancient Saxon god of battles. I also liked the idea of being a god's descendant, and Eldwolf, our smith, told me tales of Woden, how he had rewarded our people by giving us England, how he had once thrown a war spear clear around the moon, and how he could reap all the corn in the world with one stroke of his great sword. I liked those tales much better than my stepmother's stories of St. Cuthbert's miracles. We waited in the hall. It was, indeed it still is, a great wooden hall with a harp on a dais and a stone hearth in the centre of the floor. It took a dozen slaves a day to keep that great fire going, and at summer's end we would make a log pile bigger than the church as a winter store. At the edges of the hall were timber platforms, filled with rammed earth and laid with woolen rugs, and it was on those platforms that we lived, up above the drafts. 
The hounds stayed on the bracken-strewn floor below, where lesser men could eat at the year's four great feasts. There was no feast that night, just bread and cheese and ale, as my father waited for my brother and wondered aloud if the Danes were restless again. They usually come for plunder, he told me, but in some places they've stayed and taken land. You think they want our land? I asked. They'll take any land, he said irritably. He was always irritated by my questions. Their own land is stone and ice, and they have giants threatening them. I wanted him to tell me more about the giants, but he brooded instead. Our ancestors took this land. We do not give up what our ancestors gave us. They came across the sea and fought here and are buried here. This is our land, mixed with our blood. Ours. He was angry, but he was often angry. At dawn I was woken by the horn of the high gate, and stumbled out into the first light, and saw my father running down to the low gate. I followed him to where men were crowding onto the earthen rampart. A dozen horsemen were coming from the south. My brother's horse was in the lead, but it was not Uhtred who rode it. This man had long, pale gold hair. He wore mail, and had an axe across one shoulder. He was the man who had danced the oar shafts. As they neared the fortress, the long-haired man rode ahead alone. He pulled up within bowshot, a mocking expression on his face. He threw something on the path, then wheeled the horse and galloped south. What he had thrown was my brother's head. My father stared at it a long time but betrayed no feelings. He looked at me. From this day on, he said, your name is Uhtred. The Danish ships had put into the river Aung, where there was a small settlement of fishermen. Those folk had fled inland, watching from woods on higher ground. They said my brother had come and seen the Vikings torching the houses. They were called Vikings when they were raiders, Danes when they were traders, and most were on their ships. There had seemed very few of them in the settlement, and my brother decided to ride down and kill them, but of course it was a trap and forty hidden men had closed behind my brother's party and killed them all. But that was not the end of it. A week after my brother's death, we heard that a great Danish fleet had rowed up the rivers to capture Eofowick. There was also good news. King Osbert was making an alliance with his rival, Ella, to take Eofowick back. That sounds simple, but of course it took time, and it was not till Christmas that Osbert and Ella summoned my father's men and of course we could not march in winter. It was spring when news came that the Northumbrian army would gather, and to my joy my father decreed that I would ride south with him. Uthred is now the heir, so he must learn to fight, he said, and then he made Elfric swear he would respect the new will and acknowledge me as Uthred of Bebenberg. Elfric did so swear, and he and thirty men would stay at Bebenberg to guard the fortress and protect the women. Elfric gave me gifts that night, a leather coat that would protect against a sword cut, and a helmet around which Eldwulf the smith had fashioned a band of gilt bronze. So they will know you are a prince, Elfric said. He's not a prince, my father said, but an elderman's heir. Yet he was pleased with his brother's gifts, and added two of his own, a short sword and a horse. The next morning we rode to war. Two hundred and fifty men, following the wolf's head banner, 
That was in the year 867, and it was the first time I ever went to war. I have never ceased. We followed the Roman road, crossing their great wall at the Tyne. The Romans, my father said, had been giants who built wondrous things. Then they had gone back to Rome, but their roads were still there. And as we went south, more men joined us until a horde marched on the moors on either side. We also straggled. Even I noticed how we straggled. Men had brought liquor with them, and they frequently got drunk and collapsed at the roadside, and no one seemed to care. They'll catch up, my father said carelessly. It's not good, Father Bayoka told me. Father Bayoka was young and extremely ugly, with a fearful squint, a flattened nose, unruly red hair, and a palsied left hand. He was also very clever. What's not good? There should be more discipline. I've read the Roman Wars and know there must be discipline. That night we were joined by men from Ketrecht, and hundreds of fires stretched across the fields. South of us, far off, I could see the sky glowing from still more fires, and knew they showed where the rest of Northumbria's army gathered. My father stared balefully across the encampment, where men were drinking. Do you know who wins battles, boy? We do, father. The side that is least drunk, he said, and then, after a pause, but it helps to be drunk. Why? Because a shield wall is an awful place. He gazed into the fire. I've been in six shield walls, he went on, and prayed every time it would be the last. Next day the Roman road ran across a flat land, crossing dikes and ditches, until at last we came to where the combined armies of Osbert and Ella had made their shelter.